Hey, this is Pam Perry. Thank you for joining Get Out There and Get Known podcast today. So today I'm going to be talking with a PR colleague, Liz H. Kelly, and we're going to be talking a little bit about book awards. And this will probably be good for authors and speakers as well of how to get out there and get known. So right after this, I'm going to bring up Liz Kelly. Welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. Join Pam Perry, veteran PR strategist, Emmy award-winning producer and publisher of Speakers Magazine, who will show you how to crack the code in getting out there to get known. Each week, she either interviews her media friends, PR colleagues, or she just goes solo, offering you strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam Perry. All right, we have yes. Liz Kelly with us. Welcome, welcome, Liz. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Pam. Oh, thank you. Thanks for coming. So as you hear that I interview either my media guests or PR colleagues. So you are a PR colleague that has a book dropping at the end of this month called Eight Second PR. So give us a little bit of background about what is Eight Second PR and what is that really all about? Like, okay, can you really do PR in eight seconds? Or give us a, <laughs> a, a heads up about what that's about. Oh, well, thank you for asking and thank you for having me. Eight Second PR was created because the average attention span of an adult is eight seconds. And so the hardest thing is to be clear, concise, and compelling when you're pitching the medias. And the whole book is really a how-to. It's kind of a, a PR for dummies, but it's a it's a modern PR for dummies because I, I checked PR for dummies. That book was published in 2006. And there are so many things that have happened since 2006. It's a great title. I love it. This is the new PR for dummies. I love it. I love it. Because yeah, it, from 2006 to now, so many different things are different when terms of PR. When I started doing PR 20 years ago in my company, and I've been doing PR before that, 10 years before that, the internet was a whole not a thing. So it's been become a game changer today. So give us a little bit about your background. You said 2006, obviously we're in business doing PR during that time. So Tell us a little bit about your background and where what led up to really doing the things that you're doing now. Sure. Well, in 2006, I actually had launched a dating book. It was called Smart Man Hunting. It was kind of like make your maid hunt like a job. <laughs> and I, I had these funny man codes in the book for the different personality types, things from all sports fanatic to bachelor available and dysfunctional guy with issues, which is everybody. But um, anyway, I had a, a lot of fun and, and learned so much going to PR and marketing seminars that down the road in 2008, I decided to open my own PR agency and do it for other people. So I started Goody PR and the first year I actually did all my work pretty much for free because I had no portfolio. My only portfolio was doing my own PR and I needed case studies and examples. And so I really lucked out. I spent $5,000 to go to a Rich Dad conference in Arizona and met the team from Rich Dad Hawaii 
who invited me to do PR for them. Mm. And I got to go on every TV station in Hawaii. That was really tough to go to Hawaii. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm but, just thinking about that being in the wintertime right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, so the people in the, in the corporate headquarters in Scottsdale were saying, who is that person that's getting all this publicity? And so then I worked on Kim Kiyosaki's Financial Education for Women Conference, also in Hawaii. And somebody on that committee then hired me. And it's now, what is that, 13 years ago. And that mm -hmm. person is still my client. Wow. So that $5,000 investment got me a client for 13 years. See, people do need to invest, invest to learn. That is really, really key. I tell people, I said, you know, there is some things that you can learn through osmosis, but you can really learn the most when you just show up. Those that go up, show up. So by going and investing, I have a, a program, Ready, Set, Go, Speak. You invest to learn so that you don't have to Google your way to success, but go and learn from someone who's a mentor where it can pay off in time. So I love that. I love that. So Liz, one of the main things when you're doing PR for people, when you are uh, pitching them, what are some of the things? And I see you have an affinity for books. So I do too. That was literary publicist is like my main thing. I love doing books. So what are the main things or the, I guess you say the formula that when they're doing, when someone's doing their own PR that they need to have, like the three steps uh, to the formula. Uh, one, especially sure. if they have a book, what are the things that they need to be aware of or what they need to have first, second and third? Great question. Well, I it the eight second PR book actually has eight steps, but I'll give you the top three. Okay. So, so step one is developing a wow story. And mm -hmm. that, that is so important that we spend 30 pages in the book talking about how you develop your story. And everybody has a story, but it's finding those golden nuggets that then turn into Step two, we'll say, is developing your media hooks. What are you going to pitch the media? Mm -hmm. and, and how are you going to stand out and be different? You can't be like every, say, a leadership author. You have to have something unique. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I had a client who had a leadership book. And it was called Be a Jedi Leader, Not a Boss. Great title. <laughs> and inside I found the PR gold and that was he had a whole system on how to hire based on behaviors versus a resume mm. so hire based on behaviors versus a resume is what caught the attention of a reporter from fast company and got him a column just about his system mm. and this unique way to hire and we tied it to the a great resignation trend, which is going on right now with all exactly. these millions of people quitting their jobs during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So if you can tie your media hook as something unique to something in the headlines, that then you will get more media. And then step three, I'm summarizing, is it's all about the follow-up and the delivery. And so so many people think, oh, they're on TV. It just magically happened. No, uh, so no, like, no, we no. have a magic wand. No. Not happened like that. I've had situations like I had a client on the Today Show that was 10 months of follow up. The story got booked and then it got canceled at the last minute. And then I was able to turn it around with a slightly different media hook and get them on two months later. Okay. And that was 
probably just the most exciting time in my career because I actually went to New York. I provided them media training. I went to the green room. They let me on the floor during the, the Today Show interview. And I'm sitting there with my camera taking pictures yes. because that's so, not so a tip. If you don't take a picture, it did not happen. So take exactly. pictures. That is it. The people have to know how to leverage the PR once they get it. Once they actually, they're showing the process of them on the way, on the way in the green room, on the set, uh, sound bites from that, screenshots, maybe even from the thing, from the page. I mean, it's just a whole nother way of doing PR. Uh, the back in the old days, we used to write a press release, put it on the fax machine, and then it was like send it to the reporter. Then it got real high tech. Then we would write a press release and put it on a fax machine. And then we would do stuff like fax blasts. Then they came along like email. Oh, wow. Then you can email, select all and send them on to the reporters. Okay. So it's, I've dated myself, but the, the whole point of it is, is that you do have to know the different trends of what to do and be patient Anyone who's listening, any author, speaker, because as soon as, you know, when Oprah was around, it's like, what's the goal of an author? I want to be on Oprah. Okay. Well, it may take 10 months in order to get on a particular major media outlet. But in the meantime, you're going to have to have some other media in between. Because when you're paying a publicist, a retainer, and you're waiting to get on today's show, that took a year. So in between, we just can't just call the Today Show every day. There's other media hooks in between that you can get. And that is what people have to understand, that it is not just a publicist trying for just the top five media places, but there are other media in between. There are blogs, there are podcasts, there are magazines. Speakers Magazine is one. There's so many other outlets that people can go for where they can have a uh, platform built for them. And so... I know a lot of people, probably authors that come to you and says, okay, I want to get my book out there. And so you have this thing called the book awards or not necessarily the book awards, but it's called the goody book awards, right? Goodybookawards.com. And it's something that um, (laughs) I guess leverages or pulls out the best of the best because there's like Oh God, probably a million books produced a year. Uh, that it was like seven hundred fifty thousand. But how does one stand out? And so, give us the backstory of how the Goody Book Awards came about. Absolutely. Well, it's it's called the Goody Business Book Awards, and I know it's a mouthful, but I wanted to get in Goody to be unique because our PR agency is called Goody PR. And it's all about magnifying good. And then we also want a business in there because most of the clients that we work with are business book authors. And the Goody Business Book Awards actually has 50 categories. And the reason why we did it that way is because it's really any book that is making a difference through words. So it could be you're helping people build wealth. You're helping people live better lives, uh, you are helping people buy a house, What, whatever it is, you're improving people's lives. And that's when you want to nominate it to a Goody Business Book Award. And I know it's a mouthful, but check it out, goodybusinessbookawards.com and nominate your book. And the reason why we did this is because we're actually an award-winning author, but all of our clients come to us and say, we want to become an award-winning author. And so we did extensive research 
to try to find good business book awards. And, and we had a really hard time finding high quality awards. Oh. And one of the ones that we looked at, I'm not going to name, but the website looks like it's 20 or 30 years old. So we updated the branding with, it's a, it's a hot air balloon. And our tagline is uplifting author of voices. I love it. So that you can reach millions of people because going back to your point about the number of books that are published, I've heard so many different statistics. I've heard that 4 million books were published alone in the year of uh, 2019. I've also heard 4,600 books are published a day in the United States. So whatever the number is, a book award can help you stand out by having that book award seal on the book. And then there's so many other things you can do to promote that you are an award-winning author. I love it. So when someone says, and this is this is kind of shop talk. So when someone says that they are a best-selling author or an award-winning author, in terms of media attention, which one, if you've done any research, which one would have the best appeal to a producer or an editor? A best-selling author or an award-winning author? That is a great question. And I, I think it probably is award-winning author is probably the answer. Yes. Because best-selling is, is really easy right now on Amazon. You can exactly. do you can do a free yes. promo, which I recommend to my clients, and you give away your ebook for free for two or three days, and then your rank goes up to best-selling author. And the yes. way Amazon does it is if you're in the top 100, you're a best-selling author. And if you're giving away your book for free, it's pretty easy to get in that top 100. <laughs> so I would say the award-winning author has more clout. It is. It is. And so uh, right now people can apply for 2022 and the deadline is in September. So they have, uh, if the book is published anytime in 2021, the book is eligible and then they, they can apply for um, a good goodie businessbookawards.com um, going to the site by, uh, and, and I just say this with, with anybody, you know, there are awards and sometimes awards are given and, you know, it's a surprise, like, oh my God, I got the award. But most time people are applying for those awards. Okay. So don't be shy about not finding awards and nominating yourself for awards. So I've had a client, her first book, uh, Judge Leanya Lloyd, uh, she, uh, her book is Your Honor, Your Honor, former judge, and she's a twin. And uh, her, her book won four book awards. Okay. Each one of those awards, book is excellent book is excellent, but we had to find the book awards and then nominate her for those awards. They're judged. They, they, they have the judge judging and all of that, but no one's going to just tap you on the shoulder and say, Hey, you know, I like you to, to, to uh, be selected, you know, into this book award. So people do have to, it's a PR strategy as well to having awards. And so a lot of the 40 under 40, 30 under 30, whatever, those people had to apply. They had to apply. There's not, you know, a newspaper doesn't come to you and say, hey, you're under 40. Let me nominate you. So just a little secret, PR secret. All those people getting awards, a lot of them had to apply. And so the same thing with book awards. You have to do that as well. Um, the one to make sure, too, that we talk. I didn't put this up here, Liz. 8secondpr.com. And that one that to make sure that people got that. It is like the DIY for PR. And do you find that 
the difference between there's a done for you DIY and then done with you PR, which do you think people in terms of different levels, when should they do hire publicists and when should they do it themselves? Or maybe, maybe they have a coaching program or whatever. Cause I, I teach people how to do it themselves. And then sometimes they go like, whew, this is just too much. It's like, I want to just hire you to do it. So give me an example of when someone says, you know, I'm a, I published a book brand new. I need to hire a publicist or I publish a book brand new. I really need someone to show me how to do it myself. Excellent question. I, I, I think the best experience or the best approach is if you are a brand new author and you have never published a book, you should really hire a publicist to help you in the beginning. You don't have to. If you have a lot of gumption and you're okay with being told no all the time because there's a lot of rejection in uh, being a PR person or a publicist or promoting your own book. But when I started, I hired two publicists. I took money out of my IRA as an investment because I really wanted to learn. And then once I got more confident and I went to seminars, I went to Mark Victor Hansen. He's the uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul mm -hmm. co-author with Jack Canfield. And together they had something called Mega Book Marketing. Mm -hmm. I did that twice. I, wow. I put ads in the RTIR magazine, radio, television interview report, which is run by Bill and Steve Harrison. Mm -hmm. So there were so many things I did to invest to get, get started. And then when you get more confident, then you can do it on your own. Right. However, I will add that I about fell out of my chair because I, I had somebody asked to interview me on their podcast and it turns out they had used a second PR, the first edition that's out now. And second edition will be out at the end of January, 2022. But anyway, she used the first edition because she said she could not afford to hire me as a publicist. And I said, well, read my book and follow the steps. And she did. And she got an interview on Fox 11, Los Angeles, and it took her two months and wow. the was asking her, well, what's the media hook? And she was like, let's go to the chapter in eight second PR and find the media hook. And what, what do they mean? And, and she also hired a camera person to come take a video of her health uh, seminars. She was giving mm -hmm. health seminars for free because so she had B roll. Yeah, Fox. Well, Fox 11 said we can't send a camera person. We, we don't have enough people. And so she said, OK, I'm going to go to Liz's book. I'm, I'm going to provide the B-roll. I'm going to provide the images. And so it was a great story. And I, I know um, she she was so happy. She just wanted to tell me. And then she had forty thousand dollars in calculated publicity value. And that's based on a Nielsen media report, which I can explain. And then she said she sold $10,000 in product as a result. Wow. So that's a great example that I'm going to be highlighting in the second edition, because I know it works. It's just, do you have the patience and the persistence and not being desperate? That's what I say. You got to be patient and persistent and never desperate when you're dealing with the media. And not only that, it's the main thing, too, that um, you want to make sure that you are um, taking the time where you're actually taking the time 
to do the work. So one of the things that you said, you went to a couple of seminars, you read some books, you you spent a lot of time uh, doing the, that people can coach you, people can share with you, people can teach you, but you have to do the work. And so one of the things when you said, well, she couldn't afford to hire you, but she read the book. And I find that a lot of times with, with anything, if I wanted to learn how to podcast, I can just go out here and wing it, or I can have someone help me with the, that part of it. And so if they are going to show me, then you have to do it. And I just say that with anything, how to write a press release properly, how to put together your media kit, how to you know put together your angles, your hooks, um, how to find the media, all of those things the publicist has that they can teach they can share. Liz has it in her book, but you do have to follow the directions. You do have to follow the recipe. And once you have the recipe, you can do it yourself. But if you are strapped for time, but you have the money, I say you have to invest in one thing, you either invest in time or invest in money. Uh, if you don't have the money, then you invest the time. If you have the, if you have the time, I mean, if, and if you have the money, but not the time, then you then you have to hire a publicist. So I always tell that to people. I says it's one of those things where it's not going to happen. It's not going to be a magic wand where it's like, oh, well, Liz knows the people at Today Show or Pam knows the people at CNN. Yeah, we do. We do. But we're not going to always offer up our clients immediately to, um, especially if they have no media training uh, to the major outlets. And the fallacy is that if I get to the major media first, then I'll become well-known. But the, the major media outlets really want you to have a little bit more cachet, a little bit more branding, a little bit more platform before they put you on to their um, media outlet, put them in their media outlet. So I says you start slow, you work your way up, get more confident, move out, share those, leverage those. I would say media begets media. And then, then you can have the big hits. But just know that once you have the big hit, the other part of it, if you're going to sell $10,000 worth of products, that you do have that part of your system put together. The worst thing you want to do is go on something like a Good Morning America or Today Show and everybody starts hitting your website and your website crashes. That's then, now we've got to do crisis management <laughs> because you weren't ready for the big hit. So Liz, have you ever had that happen? I guess you say any PR story where it was like, they should have been more ready because we don't, we're not the business coach. We're just helping them with the publicity. So is there ever been a time where the client actually went out and you got them the PR, but then it didn't convert for them because they weren't ready with the business side of it or the systems or the structure? That, that is a great question. I, I can't think of somebody that wasn't ready because most of my clients do have a website and they're ready. But I, I did have a client on the Today Show and the producers kept saying, are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> and they were so busy running their business that, you know, it, it was kind of like, OK, we're going to do this. Liz has it under control. Uh, they're going to show up and then we're going to go to New York and and everything's going to be great. And then it it just exploded. And honestly, they've had a waiting list ever since. And it's it's been great. Their, their name is Warriors, Warriors with an S, WarriorsHeart.com. They're the first and only private addiction center for military veterans and first responders only so that they can heal with their peers it's um, really a beautiful story and and 
they had a former Green Beret who went through their program, said it, quote, saved his life. And we had the Green Beret guy and then the clinical director on together telling mm -hmm. this story. And he overcame a 17-year opiate addiction. And it was so authentic and so moving. And they gave them seven and a half minutes, which is like unheard of. Right. So right. it was it was off the charts. And, and so I think they're still catching up, but they also have a lot of word of mouth marketing. So it wasn't just that interview and they, and they have incredible people and an incredible mission. So they just have to scale. That's all. That's one of the things maybe they franchise or something like that. So part of it I find over the years is that when people get really good PR and then their business starts to explode, it's like, not only do they have to hire like a publicist or a PR coach, but they also have to have like a business coach as well, because they're scaling, they're growing. And it's really um, a part of the business where it's like, okay, well, we handle the marketing part, but you also need someone for operations or you need someone for digital. Uh, a lot of people come to me and says, well, can you help me with my website? You know, there's people that are expertise in every single part. And I always say, be weary of people that say they can do everything for you because they can't. There's someone who can, that really knows digital marketing. There's someone who knows how to do media buying. There's someone who knows how to do um, paid advertising for you in terms of uh, digital. There's publicists. I mean, so no one can do everything or be an expert in everything. They probably know a little bit of it. So I always tell people, I say, so, you know, at this point, I think you probably need like a really good business coach to help you scale or you probably, and, I, and that's one of the things about me. It's like, hmm, what is it that you need probably next? Because you're growing and you're growing and you're doing that kind of thing. So I really, really like the fact that you have this book, Eight Second PR. This is really cool. They're 8secondpr.com where people can learn how to do it themselves because at this point, not only can they do it themselves, but they also know the value of what we do as publicists. So when they read it and it's like, oh, it looks like it's magic, but it's really not. It's a science, but it's not rocket science. I think I can do it. Or it's like, I don't have the time, so I probably need to hire someone. So that's one of the things. What are some of the um, the that you said it's eight steps and eight second PR. You gave us the top three. They have to find their story. Uh, do you find that a lot of people have trouble with that? You said it's about 30 pages of that. Is that part of just niching down, finding that story? Or is it something that they're just trying to be too broad with it? What? Why do you think people can't really get the part of that brand right? You know, their story right? That's, that's a really good question. I think... The thing that I've found, I'm working with a client right now. I'm not going to name them because I never say anything negative about clients, but but it's a new client. The new clients are always the hardest because you're trying to figure out that story and they have a really incredible career. And so what I have found is a lot of people, they just have too much in their head and mm -hmm. they can't find those little gold nuggets that are in their story. So for example, I had another client who wrote these leadership books that I was talking about, but they never told me that they were a former general manager, that they worked on uh, four different continents, that they wow. spoke five languages, that they played seven interest instruments. And then P.S., they started their first company when they were seven years old, recycling wow. golf balls. Now, these are all important nuggets. And the way we found that out 
which is really interesting. And I need to remember to tell all my clients to, to tell me this is one of the podcast hosts asked for fun facts. They said, can you tell me fun facts about this person? And that pulled it out. But they were not telling me that because <laughs> they wanted to they wanted to give me information about everything in their book and it, it, and why they wanted to be a writer and th and things like that. But it was it was the seven year old entrepreneur story that, mm. that was so powerful. It was the person that speaks all these different languages. A lot of people don't speak a lot of languages like that. And the fact that he worked on four different continents. That's wow. what made me stand out. And so I, I'm working with this client right now who's sending me pages and pages about who they are. And I'm saying, we need one paragraph. <laughs> exactly. need one paragraph. Brevity. We need eight seconds worth. <laughs> right. It's like, oh my goodness, that is one of the things when people have things in their mind about what it is that they are, who they are, they they can't really um, communicate it in brevity. And so that's one of the hardest things that I find that most clients is like, how do we get you to brevity and how do we get you into clarity? That is really key. Once I have clarity with you, we can then point you to a lot of media outlets, but you have to have clarity. And that is probably the hardest part. And that's the, and that's with anything, especially the, as, as, as someone gets older, it's kind of like a tumbleweed. The more stuff you kind of collect along the way, and it's like, oh, it gets bigger and bigger, but we have to move it down into clarity. So Liz, thank you so much for um, for what you're doing with the, uh, the Goody businessbookawards.com and then for your new book that's going to be dropping at the end of this month, A Second PR. I want people to make sure that they do go to Goody Business Book Awards if you have a business book, only if you have a business book, to apply to um, to for this award that's going to be coming out at the end of this year, into 2022, because that's a really good thing to leverage for your PR. And then also to A Second PR is a really, really um, you said this is the second edition. So this is new and updated because you did the first edition. It, it is new and updated. There are 20 yeah. new things. And one of the keys, uh, new things is how to start your own podcast or how to be a podcast guest because yes. podcasts have just exploded. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, there were 600,000 podcasts in 2019 when the first edition came out. And now there's 2 million podcasts. That and is that is so amazing. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. And what I have found and I'm stressing in the book and for all the listeners out there, write this down is podcasts are the best way to reach your niche audience. Mm -hmm. I have a client mm -hmm. who just sells real estate. She only wants to be on real estate podcasts because people who want to invest in real estate are listening to real estate podcasts. So she could go on CNN but people wouldn't understand what she's really Obviously. talking about. Mm -hmm. So real estate podcasts and podcasts in general are a great way to go to reach your audience. I love it. I love it. It is because you can overshoot and it's like, okay, out of all the people that were watching CNN, there may have been a small niche that was really interesting in what you had to say. Why not go straight to that niche and then have a hundred percent of those people really interested in what you're doing. So I love that. I love that. Liz H. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today on Get Out There, Get Known podcast. Uh, this show is brought to you by, by our program, readysetgospeak.com. It is a public, pub 
membership program that helps people with their PR, marketing, and branding. And once a month, we do live Zooms and answer your questions live. So if you are ready, set to go and speak, definitely check it out. So with that, thank you, Liz, for joining us and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, Pam. Thanks to all the listeners. Go go get out there and get famous. That's it. Get out there and get known. <laughs> You've been listening to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast brought to you by PamPerryPR.com, where you'll get insider tips on how to build your platform, pitch the media, and promote yourself with confidence. Head over to PamPerryPR.com and get the exclusive video training on the seven must-have marketing materials you need before you pitch. In order to be considered in media places or superstar stages, PamPerryPR.com, where you help you shine like a superstar.